Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Say, Swab, give me another brewski. (laughs) Oh, man, we finished our first day down here doing a little training on the most beautiful West Sail 32 I've ever ever seen. Uh, As far as the general... uh, Trying not to be mean to my boat when I say this, but I didn't know that a Wessel could look like this. I, I just didn't know. I didn't know they made them or people had sort of refit them to look like they were brand new out of the factory. So, excuse me, absolutely fantastic to be able to stay on this boat and then actually get out there and go sailing on it and see how... How she does compared to uh, my own West Sail. I think all West Sailors love to investigate, probe, and prod into other boats for ideas and things like that. So kind of neat, kind of neat. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, on the show today. But before we start the show, like I always say, if you want to help support and fund and keep the adventure alive and the podcast rolling, consider becoming a patron. Because it's fantastic. It helps out a lot. It supports the arts, (laughs) so to speak. It supports my rambling, that's for sure. The link will be in the description. We've also got the merch line still out there available. Link in the description as well. Obviously, Sailing Into Oblivion, the solo nonstop voyage of the Mighty Sparrow is available on Amazon in hardback, in paperback, in Kindle, and also available on Audible as an audiobook read by yours truly. Last but not least, if you want to reach out to the show, feel free to hit up the website, sailingintooblivion.com, podcast link, and then uh, contact the show. That goes directly to me. Fantastic. Oh, it's like there's just this overall feel of Wes Salem over the last... Ah, seems like since I got back from the disaster voyage, the voyage of the knockdown and everything, it just seems like the Westdale community has, uh, I don't know, it just, it, they, they helped me get Sparrow back up and running. There was a lot of communique going on, a lot of sharing of knowledge, and also, oh, let me, you know, I'm going to turn this one fan off. I am in Florida, so it is pretty hot, but uh, I want to cut down on the noise. All right, that might be a little bit better. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We're we're just in the post hours of nine. We did a nine hour day today, which is a little excessive, but we tried to sort of, you know, we have all week here, and essentially just a little bit of a background. But essentially, uh, I got contacted by a couple, very very nice. We had actually sort of gone back and forth with a few emails prior to this and essentially they just want to be able to fast track on the whole you know they want that learning curve to be a little steeper and so they invited me to come down and essentially uh help out and they've allowed me they've given me the boat to to live on by myself and then each day we're going to be going out 
and messing around. We're gonna we're essentially going to be doing quite a few different things. Uh, we have an entire week, and I'm not expecting every day to be nine hours. I wouldn't put anybody through that unless they were amped and ready for it. Um, so we'll probably tone things down just a little bit today. We got a little carried away, and I I must admit, you know, I was. Uh, you know, the sun's out, so let's just keep going. But um, <clears throat> essentially, we're we're going to be trying to fast track through quite a few different topics from sailing to docking to all of the different systems on the boat to weather and navigation equipment. We went through the Hydrovane today, which is a new to me toy as far as self-steering units, and we'll get into that in a bit. As far as the sailing goes, that that breaks off into sail trim, setting sails, reefing sails, hove to, using the pole, using the spinnaker. I'm not sure if we'll get that far because we do only have a week, but we'll see. And then we're going to go through the rigging. We did some uh, engine checks today, <clears throat> safety gear. Ideally, by the end of this, we'll be able to do a pretty successful uh, man overboard maneuver. And then... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we're going to just try and hit up all these subjects. We're also kind of looking around the boat, trying to see if we find any weak spots or anything like that. And, you know, uh, after a pretty thorough check today, even underway, I only have like three things on my list at this point, which is pretty darn good for any boat. Um, and again, I am no expert. I just have a lot of experience, especially on the West sail and, you know, I can look and be like, ooh, you know, you might want to have that a little bigger. I think one of them was these shackles. Uh, and, you know, a little bit bigger would be better because I've broken the bigger ones. So, obviously, there's a bit of pressure going on that sort of point. Things like that, you know. <clears throat> but it is, I don't know, it's fun. I have not, outside of Scott and I down in South Carolina taking his West Sail out for the day, and then working on docking and stuff like that. It's been a long time since I did real thought out sort of thoughtful lesson plan and sailing instruction. You know, I mean, almost go back to the bitter end days where we used to teach not only on small boats, but we had an Express 37 called Cosmic Warlord. One of the best names next to Mighty Sparrow you could ever want for a boat. And... We used to do sort of cruising and bare boat sort of instruction on that. And it was a lot of fun. You know, you get into a whole different realm than when you're on a small boat. On a small boat, you're trying to just teach people how to sail that small boat. But a yacht <laughs> has quite a bit of different dynamics to it. There's different systems. I mean, it's a, a little tiny like Pearson Ensign, 22 feet. You don't even you don't have an engine. You don't have any of that sort of stuff. It's just bare bones sailing. But therein lies uh, not only simplicity but a challenge as well. When you think about you, you don't have an engine on that boat, so everything has to be done on sail, leaving the mooring, anchoring, docking, things like that. Whereas a boat like this, a West Sail 32. Obviously, you've got the engine, but that throws in a whole different dynamic. So it, it's kind of interesting how how this is sort of playing out. And it's nice because I've had enough time to sort of write some things down. We talked about some of the goals that we wanted to go over today. Because uh, really, it's not about me and what I think I should teach them. Although that in some ways does come into play. Really, it's more what are they looking to get out of the next five days? 
because I want to tailor make my sort of plan and what we focus on really about their goals and what they want to do. And hopefully, you know, if there's certain things that I think would be valuable, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to sort of lean the students towards that, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, this is this is just such a, a fun experience and a fun sort of group of people that it really is going to be uh, – I don't want to say a pleasure cruise because I do, I do know that, you know, every day going out, grinding out, sailing stuff in the sun, in the heat, it does get sort of exhausting. So, you know, we'll probably have like some breakdowns. Who knows? Who knows? But that's all part of it. You know, when you do these uh, sort of like a week long program, yeah, not saying that I want to push people to the absolute edge, but I do want to get as much information into their brains and physically repeated over and over again so that it sort of gets ingrained as possible. And if that means that, you know, we're all pretty tired and you get home and you go and crash and then you wake up and you're sort of like, oh, okay, another day. Hey, you know, that's the price you pay. Because, hey, at the end of the week, boom, I hit the road and I'm gone and you're, you're left with sort of those memories. So I don't know. It's, I think one of the interesting challenges that is different between a small boat sort of lesson plan and a big boat like this is there is so much information to be sort of downloaded into a person from one other person or shared that it's very easy, and I'm guilty of this today, of just too broad of a scope of things. There's just too much information coming out of the instructor's mouth. And there really is a limit to how much information a student can get. Even myself, if I go in, I, I used to always tell my instructors, one of the things that you have to do is you have to project yourself into, let's say you're going to sit in on a seminar on real estate law. Okay. Well, when they start just spitting terms and things like that, you know, you walk out of there and you're sort of like, holy cow, like that was a lot of stuff. And I, I don't remember all that well. People who don't sail and want to learn how to sail, it's not like they're going to understand it the way you understand it. So you really have to throttle back as an instructor, try and have your lesson plan sort of in place and stick to it and try not to get ahead of yourself. Now, today, we sort of attacked it because I don't know exactly what level they're at. I wanted to make sure, as far as the familiarity with the boat, with actual sailing, uh, with docking, with things like that. So we sort of uh, spread it around like a beautiful thin coat of, of butter on some warm toast. We were essentially just trying to dabble uh, in each little section to just give me a little bit of a feel of where where the strengths are and where the information and knowledge is sort of lacking. And so I'll know going ahead what we're going to focus on more. And as soon as I finish this podcast and put it out, I'll get down and dirty being able to sort of come up with a game plan. Now, the other thing you have to think of too, we only have this week, so you have to definitely look at the weather because the weather controls all. You know, if I, if we jump in, if I, if I do a thing where I'm like, okay, first we're going to work on docking all day tomorrow, no matter what. And then the next day, that's when we're going to go sailing. Well, 
if tomorrow the wind is perfect out of the southwest or the southeast like it's supposed to be and nice and stronger than it was today, and then the next day there's going to be no wind at all, well, if I stick to my game plan, that's dumb. You're just going to lose that availability of of working well with mother nature so the whole lesson plan has to really be flexible in a way where we can sort of jump around and be like okay we got to take advantage of the wind today so we're going to go out and sail we're going to do reefing we're going to go hove to we're going to practice man overboard we're going to do all that sort of stuff all day today the next day we come in and there's not a breath of wind well let's go dock the boat like six times and let's let's pull into the slip these guys did a phenomenal job. Uh, at the end of the day, after a long one out there in the sun, sailing in light winds, which, you know, was always a little frustrating and it's hot and all that sort of stuff. But when we came in, I had them doing, you know, in a west sail, doing the pivot turn where you're basically uh, spinning the boat around without moving it. You know, you're not doing just a big turn. You're actually pivoting it around in, in like a 360 circle. Oh, man, it did great. Absolutely fantastic. Then we did a bunch of docking on a face dock, and then we pulled into the tricky, tricky slip where they have their boat, which, you know, in some ways, and it did remind me at the end of the day that it's kind of good to have that challenge because if this is, if this sort of slip with pilings and a teeny little finger dock and a big old crazy fire fire extinguisher pipe that's connected to, you know, a main line of waters right there and the bowsprit can hit it if you're not watching what you're doing. It's actually a good thing because it may be a challenge right now, but if your home port dock is really tough to get into and you master that, everywhere else you go, you're going to have a little bit more confidence in the fact that you're like, dude, that's nothing. You should see where I dock at home. <laughs> and that's what you want, you know? It's just trying to get past uh, the first stage of where you're like, oh, I hate pulling into this dock. But they did great. We didn't hit anything. And we, uh, you know, got a lot of compliments on the dock. Everybody loves this boat. And I can see why, because it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous. Oh, there's so many things on this boat that I look around and I'm like, I wonder if I can do that to Sparrow. I mean, the joinery alone. It's just, I mean, it's out of this world. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And an ice-cold beer never tasted better Oh, than after a good day sailing. Give me another brewski there, Swap. Or no, how does it go? Say Swap. Give me another brewski there. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I wonder if I could ever uh, get to a point where... I'm able to uh, go down to the Caribbean and do this with a like a family. <laughs> that would be so fun. Oh man, like a full-on Captain Ron experience of like, you know, pick the boat up or join the boat down in Grenada or something like that, and take it and bring it all the way back up to like Florida or something. That'd be too funny. But yeah, I like I just can't get over it. I cannot get over it and. There's just these little differences, some good, some better, some not so good uh, as far as my own taste when it comes to the West Sail. I mean, one of the one of the crazy things is that it's just it's so nice 
that I'm I have to be like careful where I put things and what I touch and what what sunscreen rubs off of my arms onto stuff. Like I want to go around and just wipe off everything because um, the varnish and everything is just absolutely flawless. And on Sparrow, yeah, I don't have to worry about that too much. I mean, she's a working boat. I like her to be clean, obviously, but it's not, you know, I don't have to worry about it. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, and that, you know, there is also the fact that I'm living on someone else's boat for the week. So it's kind of one of those things where I want to be as respectful as possible. I don't want to, you know. I wouldn't want to be the guy who's just like, oh, you know, the, they get to the boat, they find me dead asleep, uh, beer cans all over the place and all that sort of stuff. So there is a, a bit of professionalism as much as I joke about the whole Captain Ron thing. It's uh, I take it very seriously that I've I've been sort of uh, entrusted with with being on the boat and making sure everything stays good and is nice and all that sort of stuff. But. Yeah, I mean, as far as how this thing looks, I I don't know how to describe it. I'm probably going to ask them if we can do a tour uh, for a video on YouTube or something like that, just because it's so nice. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I definitely going to leave the name out, going to leave their names out, going to leave our location out, because I would never want, you know, little anonymity goes a long way when you're dealing with the internet. And I want to make sure, not that I don't trust my listeners or my viewers, but you know, public knowledge is public knowledge. And I would never want anybody to feel the wrath of anything like that. So, but so cool. I mean, it's got a different nav station set up, but you know, it's, it's set up more for high, high end electronics and screens and stuff. Whereas Mighty Sparrow is set up for large ocean charts, being able to unravel them and have them unrolled uh in their in their sort of what in <laughs> I'm losing my I've been in the sun all day today. Uh in their entirety and you know without having to fold them up and all that sort of stuff. So and that's kind of that's definitely how I like it. But you know Sparrow's got Sparrow has sort of it's not linoleum, but it's sort of this fake plasticky uh, material on the chart table and then in the galley as like the countertop, so to speak. And, you know, I've never been a fan, never been a fan at all. And I look at this boat and the galley has this almost like uh fake, I don't know if it's fake or it's real. Who knows? It could be real. It, it looks like granite, like black, dark granite or marble or something like that. And then wood sort of all over. Uh, I gotta turn that radio off. Hold on. <clears throat> We're not out at sea anymore. Turn you off. Oh, I'm gonna be diving into some of these, some of these systems tonight to see if we can figure out how to use the radar and all the B and G stuff, uh, which I'm not too familiar with. I've had a few deliveries where i got to sort of toy around with it but that was a long time ago and everything just like anything in tech is getting you know it's progressing and going forward and forward and forward so very very interesting um but yeah the one cool thing on this boat so it has the booth set up for the the dinette table 
And then it's got the settee over on the side, a.k.a. a couch. Uh, but this one also, behind the nav station, has a pilot berth, which is super cool. Because you can essentially, somebody can kind of sleep and be there and then be able to like, pick their head up and look at the screen to make sure they're still on course and all that sort of stuff. Which is something I always wanted to see on a boat. But I do remember the first, the very first West Sail 32 I ever saw and ever was able to get on board. I was down at Bitter End, still working there. And this one was on a mooring out there for a couple of days. And I remember sort of trolling around like a shark around a big piece of meat. And I'd be in the, the rescue boat. And I'd kind of, and finally there was somebody on it. And I was like, hey, is that a West Sail 32? And he's like, yeah, da, da, da. And I kind of looked at him in the way that I you know, that you do and you really, you're like, uh, do you want to ask me to come on board? And he's like, dude, come on board. And went down and had a beer and got to see inside of it. And I was just absolutely in awe. And his was one that had a pilot berth. It was situated a little different. I don't, you know, my memory fails me. I wish I would have taken pictures of that one, but I felt like the pilot berth was on the galley side, uh, instead of the nav station side. But in any event, who knows? Who knows? It's just, ah, this boat is amazing. And there are definitely things that I'm going to mark down and take pictures of and be able to hopefully, when I go back to Sparrow this fall, possibly one of the big things is just changing out the ceiling. Uh, I have just white, standard white sort of boards. And because there is just a little bit of, I don't know if the right word is camber, but basically curvature to the ceiling in these boats. Uh, And, you know, honestly, though, I don't think mine actually has that. Not much of it. Not as much as this one. But in any event, it's got it kind of looks like individual planks. It's not. But, you know, it's it's basically white and then it has a little. It just looks like individual little boards and then nice dark teak trim or mahogany or whatever. Fancy wood. So uh, it just looks really cool. It's got that old timey sailboat taverny sort of feel. And I don't know. It's really neat. It's really, really neat. So uh, and they've got they've got the traditional butterfly hatch midships. So that's that's this like angled hatch where you have two two hatches that sort of fold up. I'm doing a terrible job of describing it, but they're really cool. They've got glass. They've got all this sort of stuff. I know they're prone to leaking, but the person that they bought this boat from has literally done an exquisite job of making sure this boat is absolutely 10 out of 10. Um almost perfect it's you know no boat's perfect we can never go there it's uh 9.98 out of 10 for sure ah so there's a wow factor that's just absolutely amazing and she sails great uh the hydrovane was was definitely a little bit of a mystery for me but i watched a youtube video obviously last night to make sure i had at least some sort of thing and you know essentially there's there's a big difference between Mongo, the Aries wind vane on Sparrow, and the Mono, or, um, um, I just said the name of the wind vane. <laughs> How can I? I can't even remember it now. I've drawn a complete, complete blank. Um, 
<laughs> Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to do this podcast. Um, uh, well, let's just start describing how Mongo works. So the Ares wind vane uses essentially a small hydro blade, a, a rudder, a small rudder, if you will, that's in the water that uses that as a lever to actually control the rudder and tiller of Mighty Sparrow so that the actual steering of the boat is done by the equipment on board, by the giant rudder and the big tiller that's already there. This one, this wind vane that we have here, the one previously that, that I can't remember the name of, this one actually has its own rudder. And it's it's super beefy for sure. So essentially what you do is you lock, you get you get the boat sort of balanced, and you lock the tiller off in the middle, and then you set this thing going, and it's got a sizable rudder enough that it is actually doing the steering for the boat. So interesting for sure. Very, very different. Uh, I'm curious to see how that would handle heavy weather and all that sort of stuff, especially on a heavy displacement boat like a West Sail 32. But, and I doubt we're going <clears> to <throat> be able to get into that sort of thing. Hold on. We're just going to take a quick break. Ah, and we're back. And so I don't sound like a moron anymore. I checked. It's called a hydro vein. <laughs> it's one they used, I believe, in, as a sponsor in the, the GGR this year. And although a lot of them did break and all that sort of stuff, uh, they're pushing them right to the limit and well past. So from what I saw today in the light winds, it definitely seemed like this thing would work pretty darn well, even on a big old heavy boat like a Sail 32. So that's pretty cool. Good to know that. Um, yeah, geez. Really, really interesting how that rudder can do it. And the kind of the other cool thing, and not that I think you would ever need it on a West sail because the rudder and tiller and gudgeons and pindles, the things that hold the rudder onto the hull are absolutely so overbuilt. It's crazy. So the idea of needing like an emergency tiller and rudder are, are pretty much almost out the door, but you can use this hydrovane as an emergency tiller if you want to there's there's a way to sort of disconnect the wind blade part of it and just have a little steering tiller for it you know that sort of thing so i don't know pretty cool it was neat it's nice you know i've sailed a whole lot i've sailed you know all over the place i like to say i've been around hint hint uh but i'm learning i'm learning new things i'm playing with new toys and that is one of the most beautiful wonderful parts of sailing that I I think I kind of understood it back when I was younger and I started sailing in my 20s and stuff, but now I'm really appreciating the fact that essentially 26 years have gone by since I first hopped on that little catamaran in Australia and then learned how to sail the Hobie Cat when I got back. And I am still learning new stuff, new tricks, new things, and... I'm sure you can tell in my voice there's a little bit of excitement. There's a little bit of sun damage and uh, also a little bit of probably uh, <laughs> uh, heat stroke. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's cool. It, it sort of gets me uh, 
ah, yay. <laughs> you know, you know that feeling, that sort of feeling of like, yeah, this is really cool. And I can't wait. Tomorrow's going to be even better. And we're going to we're going to get right into it tomorrow. One of the things we have to do first and foremost, though, is tune the rig, which will be a little bit fun, uh, a little bit because, you know, I'm not a professional rigger. Again, I only have a whole lot of experience. I've tuned the rig on Sparrow. I don't know how many times and I constantly am doing it, but it's one of those things where. Uh, the guide, I just go from the guide, the original West sale 32 owner's manual. It's really vague when it comes down to it. It's like, this one's the tightest and you know, not too tight. And this one's the loosest, uh, but not too loose. It essentially is almost worded like that. If I remember correctly. Um, so we're going to essentially go and cite up the mass and teach these guys how to tune the rig, <clears throat> make sure that it's looking up to snuff. And and typically, my my theory on that is we'll, we'll unpin everything tomorrow morning. I'll probably do that before they get here so that we can just sort of make quick work of it. We'll tune the rig the best we see fit, and then we'll go ahead and if the weather's good, we're going to go sail. Then we can actually fine-tune it when we're actually sailing. See if we have too much here, too much there. Because you get onto one side where the boat's leaning over. Say you, say we're on a starboard tack. So the boat's leaning over. We can sight up the mast and see if it's bending any which way because we want it perfectly straight. And if you know some of the shrouds, the lowers, the uppers are slack, we can sort of tighten those up. Then we go ahead and tack, do it on the other side. And that's how you sort of fine-tune it and get it exactly how you want it so should be pretty good and it'll be fun it'll be kind of uh, a little bit of information overload but it's one of those things where eh, you do it and then you go ahead i'm going to be able to recommend quite a few different books and little guides that they'll be able to pick up and essentially there are things that taught me how to do this stuff and then they can use them as reference to then do it themselves in the future and you know, chances are they're going to have like a, another month or so to go ahead and, and mess around sailing. And then, you know, they might end up hauling the boat out for the hurricane season. I, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm not too sure, but we will. We'll see. That's their problem, not mine. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be hitting the road soon enough. So very, very cool. Oh, and the last little thing. So and I'm going to end on this because I got to I got to like relax maybe maybe call some people have some conversations or whatever but there are these prism things uh i don't know anything about them i've never seen them before not like this at least but they're circular and it looks like a upside down upside down dome actually all right well it from what's coming through down into the cabin, it looks like a boob, all right? So there's a boob that's coming down, but it's brilliantly lit up, right? Like to a point where in the there's one in the engine room, and when we open up the engine room, it's all lit up. It's lit up like, holy cow. And I even remarked uh, when we did our first little checks, I was like, so how do I turn the light off? And he's like, it's not a light. That's that prism thing. And I was like, oh my gosh. And there's three of them on the boat, one on either side, one sort of near the nav station. 
Oh, there isn't. Okay, so there's one near the nav station, and then there's there's one in the engine room. But it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal how much light is getting focused down into like one little point at the tip of this rounded cone. <laughs> uh, just from sunlight, or not even direct sunlight getting in. Really, really cool. I'm going to have to take a look and investigate into those because that is super, super neat. All right. Other than that, I'm losing my voice. I've been talking all day. It's time to crack back, have a couple of beers, and uh, work on tomorrow's lesson plan and everything like that. Other than that, I want to do a quick shout out to two YouTubers. Got to watch their channels for sure. One, The Bumbling Sailor. It's fantastic. His channel is blowing up because it's funny. It's great. There's a dry wit and a humor to it that's fantastic. He's just starting out. He's over in England. Um, he's he's going through it. He's only, you know, it's like 20 episodes in or something like that. It's absolutely fantastic. So definitely want to check him out. The other one is uh, Sailing with Trout. And he is, that's Aton. I actually interviewed both of these guys uh, when I was out uh, back up in Michigan and stuff. But Sailing with no G, with trout that's the other channel and he's in the bahamas starting to make his way south he's making some great videos as well these are sort of like the reality tv uh type of youtube channels which are really fun to sort of get into and they're putting out you know one or two a week so uh definitely check those guys out support them if you can they're really fantastic they're out there sharing the adventure and uh they're sharing it with everybody for free and just hoping that you know, people toss them a little Venmo. Here's a little GoFundMe. Here's a little Patreon. Eh? You know, all that sort of stuff. Because trust me, uh, if I consider how much the last voyage from Maine back down to South Carolina cost me financially, uh, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. So, you know, you share those videos out with the world. But to actually produce videos like that with that sort of content, and obviously my case was a little bit uh, different for sure because it was a pretty big disaster but uh it's it costs a lot of money to get sparrow back into shape and and all that sort of stuff so consider that when you see these guys youtube channels and uh you know if you can buy them a beer that'd be fantastic other than that thanks for listening i'm gonna do updates every couple of days while i'm on this boat just to keep checking in to see how things are going and uh hopefully i'll be able to sit down with one or two of uh my my students before I take off and uh, we'll, we'll talk to them about how, how they think it went and, and how they're feeling. So we'll get uh, the, uh, we'll get the real deal pinging and I'll tell them not to lie. Like just cause I'm sitting there staring at them. If I didn't do a good job, I want to hear about it because success never teaches us anything. Remember that failure teaches us everything and also gives us the drive. As long as we don't let that beat us down into submission. Failure should be the greatest motivator in the world. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Goodbye.